Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country with a pedal to the metal with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Listen, this is, I'm going to tell you right up front, you won't know it uh, unless I told you, but this is a re- uh, redo. I'm re-recording a Sunday's message. The reason I'm doing it is because the place where we do this live, uh, the live message, this live Sean talk every Sunday, um, it, it's it's in a very unique place. It's in a very beautiful place. The problem is the internet there. Uh, I, I use a little, uh, I don't know what you call it, broadband card or whatever, LTE, 4G thing. Uh, and thank God, my tech guy is back, Sean McLaren. Uh, what a good buddy of mine. He fixes everything. He knows how everything works. He was away for several months. Uh, he's back. We've been praying for him. All of you have been praying for him, so I hope you welcome him back. Come and see us. He won't uh, he won't be here with us this coming Sunday, but the next Sunday. And come and see us and thank him for his service and all of his other compatriots. But he, he, he drives our Facebook page and uh, a lot of our tech also, uh, I don't know how excited you'll be about this, judging from the fact that I have a face for radio, or so my mom says. Um, we will be doing live streaming. If we can get this Internet situation figured out, we're going to be doing live streaming. And Sean has figured out how to do all that stuff. I don't have to do any of it. So um, it's kind of exciting. So you might want to block your video uh, if you're sensitive, things sensitive. Your eyes. You see me pop up on your screen. You you might have some problems. I'm not responsible or liable for any health problems you develop from having to look at me. Um, listening is one thing, seeing is another. That's for doggone sure. So listen, folks, we're redoing this because the sound was bad, but I'm I'm live, and uh, we have people joining us even right now. I just, I just decided to do this just a couple minutes ago. I listened to the first 11 minutes, and it was just so choppy. I felt like um, I just can't leave you with this kind of product. So the Sunday Sean Talk, the title of it today is Just Breathe. Breathe. And, man, I'm going to tell you something. It's uh, it's one of those things that there are a lot of secrets in life. You guys have figured that out. You guys all know that. There are a lot of secrets in life. And you know what? If you don't know the secrets, sometimes you get left behind. Sometimes the secrets don't matter. But there's things like this that I'm going to talk about today uh, they matter. They matter. And I'll tell you the truth. Um, I didn't realize that. I really didn't realize that uh, until I don't know when. You know, to tell you the truth, I don't know when. 
I can tell you I thought I knew, but I didn't. I just plain didn't know, and I wish I did know, uh, but there's a lot, a lot of secrets in life, and, and some of the secrets are worth knowing, some aren't ready to know. You aren't ready to know. Uh, some you just can't know till we get to heaven. But there's some that, you know, life here on earth is is just a lot better if you know them. Most of you know I'm completing another doctorate um, about three-quarters of the way through. Uh, the crash really put me well behind on it, and uh, so we're four years post-crash here a week or so ago. And to tell you the truth, I'm really, um, you know, it's weird. It's a strange thing looking back on my life since the crash, and I'll tell you the truth, um, it's it's hard. It's It's really, really difficult. It's really, really difficult because you look back and you see how much your life has changed, how difficult things are now, and you think, man, oh, man, oh, man. Every day is a struggle. You know, I got new leg braces, and they're great. They help me walk, but they take the skin off my leg. And I think to myself, man, how fortunate I am to have braces. And like a dummy, you know, I'm a I'm – a, um, the braces don't really fit in most shoes, so flip-flops. You know, I'm a, I'm a shorts, T-shirt, flip-flop guy from about April to about November, maybe a little later if it's, if it's half decent. So I was wearing my – this has nothing to do with the message, I guess – but I was wearing my um, was wearing my braces, which I'm supposed to wear them off and on, no more than three days in a row. Uh, the problem is, is they, you know, what little bit I have left of my lower legs, uh, they, if it gets weak, if you're not using the muscles, the ligaments, the tendons, all that stuff, and it gets too weak, you're you're really in a pickle. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're really, 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 really in a pickle, and so. You know, it's just one of those things that it's a catch-22. Well, I I know now that I should wear them with some sort of sock or thing underneath. I just know that. I mean, I know it. And I'm okay with that. You know, I really, really, really am okay with that because, well, you know, look, I'm I'm a fairly smart guy, but, uh, but some stuff I do is really stupid. And, uh, you know... I just wore them two whole days without any uh, socks underneath. Sorry for the distraction. I get somebody sending me a message like, are you actually live now? I didn't think. And so I had to answer that. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm I'm amazing. Multitasker. (laughs) Too dumb to wear socks underneath my leg braces, but I'm a multitasker. So anyway, the point of all this is this, is that um, it, the braces are awesome, but they rubbed the skin directly off of my legs. And, I mean, it's it's gruesome to look at. Now, if you know me, uh, if you're a friend of mine and, and you follow whatever I do, you've heard me speak and wherever that was, um, let me say this, that if you're a friend, you know that I have a weird situation uh, in my body. I have neuropathy from the crash. It's serious nerve damage. So the only sensation I feel in my legs is pain. And so my lower legs uh, go, uh, it's called a paresthesia. Uh, they have another name for it, but it's, you know, that's part of the name. I don't know what all the names are, but anyway, so I don't feel, I feel terrible pain. So I didn't feel this happening. As it was going, I didn't feel it happening until finally I take my braces off and uh, I get in the shower 
And all of a sudden I look down and it's a mess. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I've messed up here. And that's one of the problems. You know, you, your wound care becomes really, really important. You don't want to get an infection and all that stuff. And so at first, you know, it kind of rocked me a little bit. I've been hurt, you know, obviously pretty bad. And, and I've had terrible uh, traumatic things happen to me physically. And so I've learned to just breathe. Just take a breath. Before you decide to do anything, take a breath. You know, even if it's your last breath, I'm I'm captured by the king. I'm I'm a child of the king. And so I, you know, if it's my last breath, great. <laughs> it's a win for me. But you know the crazy thing about it is that's the hard thing to do sometimes. Sometimes the thing gets you. By the way, um I have a blog and a a, a website and all that stuff, drshawngreener.com. They go over to the blog thing. There's a thing that pops up. They ask you if you want to subscribe. Just subscribe. I don't share it with anybody. I don't even see your information. I see that somebody's subscribed, but I don't share it, and I can't share it with anybody. It's never going to be sold, uh, so don't worry about that. Uh, or the Ninja Pastor, theninjapastor.com. Go over to the blog, and uh, this will be posted there, and, and you'll have all kinds of links and stuff. I'll update the link, the short link for today's, because it's better audio. It's just plain and simple better audio. So do that. Also, we have a donate page. If it's if this ministry is something that you uh, want to encourage and support, we do it all on our own. And uh, we have a lot of great people that um, happy warriors, and they help me. Like Sean, my buddy Sean, helps me uh, with sound stuff and tech stuff. My buddy Jerry, a lot of research. Uh, some people downstate, phenomenal people that um, provide me with research and ideas. People send me stuff all the time. It's just absolutely amazing. Um, powerful stuff, powerful stuff. These are good people. But if, if, if financially you want to plug in even just one time, feel free to do that. And, um, you know, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We're working on kind of a cool thing uh, for people who want to really commit to um, supporting this ministry, even in a, a fairly small way. Um, we, we're working on some kind of neat way to uh, reward you. And, and uh, I'll have to tell you more about it as I as I research it. But so people, by the way, happy Passover, uh, Pesach, um, and I'm I'm hoping that all of my Jewish friends, my observant friends, um, that you uh, are having have had a beautiful Passover. What a wonderful thing! Um, I said in the in the original uh, recording, the the live audience recording, I said that uh, I'm completing another doctorate, and this one is a doctorate. It's an earned doctorate in divinity from. Masters International University for Divinity uh, out in Evansville, Indiana, and um, this is—it's it, kind of a tough course. I mean, I—you know me—I choose the harder way sometimes, and in in choosing the harder way, um, I re- <laughs> I really um, I picked some. You have a few electives and things that you can do, different tracks you can go, and I chose the Hebrew uh, worldview, and so. A lot of what I do, and you'll notice in my original doctorate and, and other work that I've done, uh, Hebrew worldview is really important to me. I really connect with it. Um, there's a reason God chose, Hashem chose to send his son, his propitiation, his, our redemption, his gift to us, the lamb, uh, through the Hebrew people. And I think that's worth studying, the people of the land and the land of the people. Uh, I think it's just a, a powerful, stellar thing. Anyway, all that said to say this, uh, I really have to tell you um, 
this was this was kind of a unique message. It kind of came to me. I better hurry up here. Uh, it really came to me in a unique way in that um, just all of a sudden I said, wait, no, this is what I'm going to preach about. This is what I'm preaching on today. And, and then I very quickly kind of jotted some stuff down and and here we are. But um, that's how it works sometimes. It's kind of unique. But you have to breathe through times like that. You have to breathe. And so I have to ask you, have you ever had the urge to read the Bible? You know, when you've tried everything. You know, we've always heard people say that. Well, I've tried everything. Well, what have you tried? They named two things. You know, well, that's not everything. But you you allegedly tried everything and nothing else works. So now you finally go to Scripture. And you're reading. You get so distracted and confused. Your problem is just throwing you throwing you under the bus. And, you know, that's the problem. You went to Scripture, finally went to Scripture to in the first place, or rather maybe the hundredth, I tried everything first place. Your mind isn't finding the beautiful and amazing and easy revelation you were hoping for. And this, uh, you know, look, you're looking for an amazing epiphany, an easy epiphany from that dusty Bible. You know, you get, you finally find your Bible. It's all dusty. It's all the dust and never read pages and the pages stick together because you've never even opened the Bible to that. And it just doesn't seem to be working its magic. The, the, the answer and the meaning you're looking for, well, they just elude you. Well, you're going to be glad to learn. There's a secret to unleashing the power of the Scriptures, and I would think maybe you'd want to know the secret. So before your body's healed, this is a saying, before your body is healed, before the provision comes, before every problem in your life is resolved, will you believe that God will deliver you according to his word, and still walk in rest. Man, here's a hint. You ready? Here's a big hint. It's free of charge, no cost or obligation to you. It was God's breath that brought Adam to life. Sometimes before that provision comes, sometimes before that big problem for which you finally go to Scripture is resolved, that big problem in your life that you're dealing with, you think, man, I can't get out of this way, before your body is healed, sometimes, like I said in the beginning, with the braces rubbing the skin off my legs, um, you have to just breathe. You can't freak out. You just have to breathe. But then after that, you actually, but before you can be delivered, you have to decide, look, I'm going to walk according to his word, and I'm going to walk and rest. It was God's breath that brought Adam to life. Scripture, God breathed. Now, there's breath used in a secular way here. Tony Robbins, power breathing. It's a phenomenal thing. Now, for those of you that will throw rocks at Tony Robbins, and I get a lot of hate mail every time I mention him. And it's interesting to me. By the way, if you want to send hate mail, love mail, whatever mail, uh, go to theninjapastor.com. Go over the Contact Me page. I get everything from that. I read everything, honestly. Uh, But the the last time I mentioned him in one of my messages, and certainly in my radio show on Mondays from 4 to 6 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, The Collision of Faith and Politics. Every time I mention Tony Robbins, uh, people, Christians, uh, really, really, really super pious people, they always say, well, he's a, he's a uh, New Ager. He's a this, he's a that. He's a, a self, uh, you know, he, he's a self-promoter, blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, you don't know Tony Robbins. I'm blessed to know Tony Robbins. I've spent a significant amount of time with him, his giant self. He is literally a giant. He's huge, huge man. But an amazing human being. What a, what a kind and generous man. Let me tell you something. Don't throw rocks at Tony Robbins' faith until you've heard him give his testimony. Don't throw rocks at Tony Robbins' faith until you've been standing in a group of, I've been in a group as small as 13 and in a group as large as 3,000. 
And Tony gave uh, his faith statement. Uh, he gave his testimony, and then he gave an invitation. First, first 25, 30 minutes of, of his speaking, he did that. Uh, and I'm here to tell you it's absolutely astounding. It's astounding. It was powerful. Here's what else. Thousands of people, thousands of people were moved that day and literally several hundred place their faith in Christ. So watch what you say about them if you don't know. If you've never really, really paid any attention to them, look, you're not going to agree with everybody all the time, and that's okay. So Tony Robbins has this thing that he does called power breathing, four breaths in through the nose. And I mean real breaths. You breathe deep. It's got to be in through the nose. And then four breaths out through the mouth. Just breathe it out. Energizing breaths designed to oxygenate the body rapidly for a change of state. Your state may be depressed. It may be down. It may be low. It may be hopeless. It may be anxious. You may be fearful. We don't breathe enough. Studies have shown we don't breathe enough. We breathe shallow. We breathe shallow all the time. I remember in my crash when I was trapped in the vehicle, I was trapped for 40 minutes till they cut the left side of the whole left side of the vehicle off. Uh, I didn't know I was trapped. I had no concept of that. Um, but uh, once I came to, you know, the two firemen came up and they both checked me and said, that guy's dead. I had the pleasure of talking uh, personally to one of them and then the other uh, to his mother. And, and she said it was his first fatal accident. Guy in the other car did die. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they deemed me, they called it in as a double fatal. But but God had a different idea, and so when this amazing a paramedic comes in uh, to the vehicle, comes in through the, the right, the passenger side, rear of the vehicle, climbing across glass and broken, you know, metal and plastic and sharp. It's just terrible. It's a terrible situation. She kind of worked her way through in between the seats. I was trapped in eight inches of space. The roof roof had collapsed on my head. I was literally trapped. Uh, trapped. I, I bent the steering wheel of a Chevrolet Suburban with my face, with my mouth. And because of all the trauma to my chest and all these other things, I just couldn't breathe deep. I wanted to. I wanted to breathe so bad. I, I really did. And I, and I thought to myself, I thought, you know what? This is it. Of all the other things that have tried to kill me, this one is it. I don't know who's in the other vehicle, but I know this. 92 miles per hour versus 51 miles per hour head on. Somebody's dying, and it looks like today's my day. So I breathed in as much as I could, just little tiny sips of air, because it hurt like the dickens to breathe. I thought maybe my lungs were punctured. Um, I didn't know, you know what all was going on. Obviously, I had some shattered bones, but I just couldn't breathe. I wanted to so bad. Oh, my goodness. I wanted to take a, a deep breath. You ever be at the shore, you know, and, and the waves sometimes will get you, knock you over if you've ever surfed or body surfed or anything, and you get thumped by a big one. You don't see it coming. Oh, man, you don't see it coming. And all of a sudden you're bounced around on the bottom and you, you can't draw a breath. And you finally make your way to the top of the water and, and you draw that first breath. My goodness, it's so good to breathe. It's so good to breathe. And you breathe. Well, that's the kind of breath I wanted to do. Hey, how many of you out there have ever been baptized? Isn't that something? I'm talking about immersion baptism where they put you under the water. 
There's some apprehension to that. There's some excitement, but there's some apprehension. And that first breath you take after the bring up out of the water, you come back to life after the death of sin, you come back to life and you take that breath. Whoa, what a sweet breath that is. But these Tony Robbins power breathing, four breaths through the nose, four breaths out through the mouth, it can make you high. I mean, we're, not, we're so unaccustomed to breathing fully and deeply that it actually gives you a high because you're not used to that much oxygen yet. Look, man, when you want to lessen fear in your life, deep breathing. When you want to lessen depression in your life, deep breathing. Breathe deep. When you want to reduce the anxiety in your life or eliminate it, breathe deep. Deep breathing. Look, shallow breathing, it's associated with a negative state, reflecting and creating a negative state. When, when, look, when you're, when you're now that's not me, I can't give birth. That'd be something, wouldn't it? Um, be a whole lot. Listen, if men could give birth, there'd be fewer children on the planet. Let me tell you that. There'd be no overpopulation issue going on, you know? Because we'd be like, Mm-mm, no, not doing that. So when giving birth, you right, we have these breathing techniques for labor. They're pattern breathing techniques. They reduce pain. They induce calm. They enable the body to work as it was intended. Breathing techniques even are said to lower blood pressure. Since the crash, I have this deadly blood pressure. Breathing techniques. So a good buddy of mine, Pastor C, wonderfully lent me this machine. It's, it helps me to learn to breathe. I'm still learning, you know. Yoga. You guys, I just completed, uh, I'm, I'm almost finished one of the projects. I'm up to, I don't know how many tens of thousands of words. Uh, this one particular class, these papers, and you had to talk about the different religions. Uh, ten different major religions in the world, and then a deeper uh, dive into four or five of them. And it, they talked about yoga, you know. Um, and there's all the spiritual Eastern blah, 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 and all that crap. Uh, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, but there's no doubt about it that yoga breathing techniques induce calm. They're meditation, inner peace, and prayer. Praying to the one, the only, the creator, the living God, Hashem, Adonai Elohim. So these are all secular ways in which humans have recognized that breathing is just more than life-sustaining. These breathing techniques, they're successful and they're effective, regardless of any understanding you may have or acknowledging where they come from. I'll give you a hint, it's God. And who designed our bodies this way? I'll give you a hint, it's God. But imagine if you did acknowledge him. Look, you received the benefits, the scientific benefits, plus the synergy of gratefulness. Scriptures say, acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. Sometimes you acknowledge him by breathing in. Pneuma, pneuma. Right? Greek word, Greek word, Strong's word, 4151. Wind, spirit, breath. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. Nefesh. You ever hear that word? That's what you are as a human being. You're nefesh. You're the being that prays. In order to pray, you must breathe. To breathe is to live, but to live, what is to live? What is living? Bereshit, or Genesis 7, and Hashem Elohim formed Adam of the Epharmin. Now, don't worry about these Hebrew words. You'll be fine. Just look it up. You can read along. Some of it will match up to the English and some won't. And and Epharmin uh, Hadama and breathed Numa into his nostrils and the Nishmach Chaim and the Adam became Nefesh Chaya. 
And Hashem Elohim planted a gun. And it talks about planting the garden and all those things. He said, well, you got food. Hey, do all these things, but don't go near the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't do that. He talks about the rivers. You know, really, he's talking about uh, Iraq. You wonder why Iraq is so important. That's why. And then he talks about creating from Adam, Ha'adama, the, um, the Ezir, a helper. Isha. Isha. He made an Isha. And she shall be called Isha because she was taken out of Ish. He's Ish. She is Isha. You know, not to get political on you, but it is the scripture. Uh, verse 24, therefore shall an Ish husband, specifically man, leave his Av and his Em and shall cleave unto his Isha, wife, specifically woman, and they shall be Basarikat, one flesh. Let me just say this. I could have tried to read all that. Uh, you know, it's 20, 25. I, just, I skipped over some but in the interest of time, but you can read it. Look, you have to breathe when you read Scripture. You have to pause and breathe breathe and, and read and reflect and take it all in. You have to breathe to pray. Reading Scripture is a lot like breathing, folks. You have to pause and reflect and breathe in the right spaces. Right? Uh, you, you've seen those memes on social media. You've seen those. They're, they're, they're amazing. Right? The grammar, you put the... Uh, you put the, 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 the comma or the semicolon or whatever in the wrong place, it, it changes the meaning. So First Peter 1, from Kepha, it's Peter, an emissary of Yeshua the Messiah, to God's chosen people living as aliens in the diaspora. In Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, the, the province of Asia, and uh, Bithynia, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and set apart by the Spirit, for obeying Yeshua the Messiah and for sprinkling with his blood, grace and shalom be yours in full measure. Praised be God, Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, who in keeping with his great mercy has caused us through the re resurrection of Yeshua the Messiah from the dead to be born again to a living hope, to an inheritance that cannot decay, spoil or fade, kept safe for you in heaven. Meanwhile, through trusting. Meanwhile, through trusting, you are being protected by God's power for a deliverance ready to be revealed at the last time. Rejoice in this, even though for a little while you may have to experience grief and various trials. Even gold, even gold is tested for genuineness by fire. The purpose of these trials is so that your trust's genuineness, your trust's genuineness, which is far more valuable than perishable gold, will be judged worthy of praise, glory, and honor at the revealing of Yeshua the Messiah. Without having seen him, you love him. Without seeing him now, but trusting in him, you continue to be full of joy that is glorious beyond words. And you are receiving what your trust is aiming at, namely your deliverance. 
The prophets who prophesied about this gift of deliverance that was meant for you pondered and inquired diligently about it. They were trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of the Messiah in them was referring in predicting the Messiah's sufferings and glorious things to follow. It was revealed to them that their service, when they spoke about uh, these things that were not for their own benefit, but for yours. And these same things have now been proclaimed to you by those who communicated the good news to you through Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, get your minds ready for work. Keep yourselves, yourselves under control and fix your hopes fully on the gift you will receive when Yeshua the Messiah is revealed. As people who obey God, do not let yourselves be shaped by evil, the evil desires you used to have when you were still ignorant. On the contrary, following the Holy One who called you, become holy yourselves in your entire way of life. Since the Tanakh says, you are to be holy because I am holy. Also, if you are addressing the Father as the one who judges impartially according to each person's actions, you should live out your temporary stay on earth in fear. You should be aware that the ransom paid to free you from the worthless way of life which your fathers passed on to you did not consist of anything perishable like silver or gold. On the contrary, but revealed him in the Asherit Hayamim, or end of days, for your sakes. Through him you trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your trust and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have a sincere love for your brothers, love each other deeply. With all your heart, you have been born again, not from some seed that will decay, but from one that cannot decay through the living word of God that lasts forever. For all humanity is like grass. All its glory is like a wildflower. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of Adonai lasts forever. Moreover, this word is the good news which has been proclaimed to you. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, of all deceit, hypocrisy, and envy. And all the ways there are of speaking against people and be like newborn babies, thirsty for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow up into deliverance. For you have tested that Adonai is good. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by the people, but chosen by God and precious to him, 
You yourselves as living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be koanim, set apart for God to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable, acceptable to him through Yeshua the Messiah. This is why the Tanakh says, look, I am laying the Zion stone, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and whoever rests his trust on it will certainly not be humiliated. Now to you who keep trusting, he is precious. But to those who are not, that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Also, he is a stone that will make people stumble, a rock over which they will trip. They are stumbling at the word, disobeying it as had been planned. But you, you are a chosen people, the king's koanim, a holy nation, a people for God to possess. Why? 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 In order for you to declare the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Before you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and temporary residents not to give in to the desires of your old nature, which keep warring against you, but to live such good lives among the pagans that even though they now speak against you as evildoers, they will, as a result of seeing your good actions, give glory to God on the day of his coming. For the sake of the Lord, submit yourself to every human authority, whether to the emperor as being supreme or to governors as being sent by him to punish wrongdoers and praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will that your doing good should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. There's a whole lot of wrongdoing happening in the government these days. And people will often cite this. Uh, a lot of well-meaning pacifists will cite this and say, look, we're just to submit to this. We're just to submit to it. There's nothing really that we can do. We just God says we're to submit right here in Scripture, and that's what we do. But you've got to understand, government back then, big difference. Big difference. Government comes in and, and enacts ungodly laws or laws that cause us to go against what we know is scriptural, then we have to stand. It's, we, are, we are being disobedient when we don't stand. You know, when you read Scripture, you have to breathe. Think about this. I want you to think about this. In the passage that I read earlier in Bereshit or Genesis, says that Hashem, this is, this is God, he's speaking of God here, Hashem Elohim formed Adam of the Atharmin Haradamah and breathed Numa, breathed into his nostrils. And then he became Nefesh Chaya, the being that prays. Have you ever thought about that very first breath? I want you to think about this now. Think about the fact that that first breath Adam took was from God. God breathed into his lungs, and he was alive. How deep, how perfect, how powerful was that breath? Boy, if you could breathe that kind of breath, the very breath of God, wouldn't you breathe deep? Well, I got, a, I got some good news for you. I have some good news for you. God breathed that into you when you were formed in your mother's womb. That first breath you took 
when you were born, that was from God, folks. That was a God breath. How would it be in your life if you lived in such a way that you remembered the very breath, the pneuma in you, the very spirit, the very breath in you is originally from God? How different would it be? How different would life be? How different would the challenges be? How different would you focus and face the challenges of your life if you remembered, wow, God breathes in me. Wow, just like Adam, my first breath I drew ever on the earth was from God. How would how would your fears in your life be if you just breathed that truth in deeply? How would it be? You know, we're nephesh. We're called nephesh in Hebrew, the being that prays. What if we actually prayed and breathed and breathed and prayed? Look, to breathe is to live, but to live, what is to live? What is living? It's praying and breathing. Scripture, look, Scripture is an amazing thing. It was meant to be read aloud. And so when we read aloud, what do we have to do? We have to breathe. And everybody tells me this. They say, look, Dr. Sean, Ninja Pastor, I, I, I try to read Scripture, and you know what? It doesn't work for me. I just can't. I don't know. I, I, do it, I try to do it in the morning, and then I get behind, and then I keep forgetting what I'm reading. Then I have to go over stuff over and over and over, and I just, I don't know. I just can't. I lose my place, and then I'm like, oh, wait, I just read that 900 times. Or maybe you say, hey, you know what? I, I try to read the Bible at nighttime, and, you know, I can't sleep, but as soon as I get that Bible, I just start falling asleep. I start yawning. I get tired, and I fall asleep, and I just, in the morning, I don't remember anything that I read. And you've got to breathe. Scientific proof shows us that at nighttime, our breathing is even less than in the morning. We're tired. Our parasympathetic system is, is not functioning fully at a at 100%. So we take shallower breaths, and thus we get more and more and more fatigued. And then before long, we're asleep. And we say, I try to read the Bible. It just puts me to sleep. The Bible doesn't put you to sleep. I'll tell you what. The enemy wants you to breathe shallow. The enemy doesn't want you to breathe in those deep breaths of life that come from the Holy Spirit. No, he doesn't. He doesn't want you to have that. He wants you to go on breathing shallow. He wants you to go on in fear and depression and anxiety. He wants you to breathe shallow and live in that negative state. He wants you to feel the pain. He wants you to not be calm. He wants your body to not work how it was intended. Look, he wants my blood pressure high. He doesn't want me to have peace. He doesn't want me to have a deep connection with Christ and, and the Father. He doesn't want that. No, he wants me thinking, oh, I don't think I'm going to make it. Right? He doesn't want me thinking my provision is coming. He doesn't want me thinking every problem in my life is resolved. He doesn't want me believing that God will deliver me according to his word. And he certainly doesn't want me to walk in rest. 
How about you? Maybe you're struggling with something and, and, and you just can't get free of it. Breathe. Read a scripture and pray and breathe. Pray the scriptures. But don't try to do it real fast. You know, when I was a kid, obviously post or pre-crash, when I was a kid, I had entire books of the Bible memorized. I know that sounds crazy to people, but I did. I just was really good at memorization. I could recall it at any point in time. You couldn't throw me off. But, you know, when you're a little kid, well, I'll give you an example. ABCs, ABCDEFGHQRSTUVWXYZ. Now, I said my ABCs, won't you say them back to me, or whatever the song is. Right, but we say them super fast. Why? Because that's the only way we can get through them. That's the only way we can remember them. We almost do it in one breath. Slow down. Slow down, slam dancer. It's not a, there's, not a, there's no point to be gained from rushing through Scripture. There's no point to be gained from, if you're going to memorize it, to just memorize it and recite it rote. No. Take it into your heart. Breathe it into your soul. Take that spirit. It's the Word. That holy word, take it in. Breathe it in. Deep, deep breaths. Pray and breathe. Take it in. The scripture is powerful and it's amazing. And it's from God and he gave it to us. It's a gift. I want you to envision this. I want you to think about this right now. And this is not hard to do. It really, really isn't hard to do. I want you to think about the beauty in this statement. Every time, every single time you deeply breathe Scripture, you're breathing the breath of God. Every time you deeply Breathe while you're praying. Don't be in a rush to pray, by the way. There's something I'm not terribly fond of anymore, and it's prayer lists. I don't use a to-do list. I use uh, this thing called RPM. I'll have to do a whole separate thing on that, explaining what RPM is. But the fact of the matter is, is, is... a lot of times people have this list and they just tick down the list and they say, well, Dr. Sean, that, come on, you're a reverend doctor. You, you, I would think you would endorse that. Well, I'm not, I'm not against it per se. I just, for me personally, if I have a list there, it becomes a matter of tick, 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 tick. I'm not saying have, don't have some things there to remind you because you can't remember everything, especially, you know, you live, you live any length of time in life and your, uh, your prayer list is going to get, is going to get pretty long. It's going to get pretty long. And before too long, guess what? You're going to need it written down. Some of it you'll remember, but some of it you won't. Somebody will say, won't you pray for me? Write it down. Write it down. I'm not against that. But what I'm, what I'm going to encourage you to do is to pray through. Breathe through. Don't so quickly, well, I prayed for you today. Dear God, bless Joe Schmuckatelli. He's got a test today. What is it about Joe Schmuckatelli's test that's so important? 
pray that Joe, that the power of God will will strike Joe, and that he will he will have clarity of mind and recall if this is God's will that he that he continues on this path of whatever he's doing that he has to take a test for. Let him see you in it. Let him be content in it. Let him do his best, and let him be pleased at his effort, and may his effort glorify you. You say, man, if I do that, I will never get my prayer list done. God doesn't mind that. It's not a competition. It's not a thing about how many you can do. Prayer is an amazing and powerful thing, folks. So is breathing. Just as much as we can't live without breathing, we really can't live without prayer. We really can't live without bathing ourselves in Scripture, breathing through Scripture. We can't do it. We can't do it. Everything is too hard to live through. Everything is too confusing here on earth. Everything's gotten too jacked up. Why not rely on the one that gives you the breath to breathe? Why not trust that he's going to give you that in his way and in his time? Why not? How powerful would that be? How powerful would that be? If every now and then throughout your day you stop to breathe and pray, And you said, thank you, Father, for giving me the breath to speak with you today. Man, I said in the beginning, wouldn't it be something? You know, I I talked about the secular breathing techniques, the four deep breaths. Look, they're effective. Scientifically, they're effective, whether you acknowledge or understand where they come from, God, and who designed our bodies to work that way, God. But imagine if you did acknowledge God for the very breath in your lungs. What if you prayed in mind? What if you read Scripture with that in mind? Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. Look, I have a friend of mine. I don't know her real, real well. We're in a small think tank, an exclusive think tank together. You'd know her if I said her name. I'm not going to say her name, even though she's very, very public. She's, you know, very, very well known. And she's fighting cancer. She has two more. Uh, And the only reason I don't mention her name is I don't have permission to mention her name publicly, so I'm not going to do that. She's got two more treatments. And I gave her an encouragement today. I said, listen, we're going to pray and we're going to breathe and we're going to read Scripture and and we're going to breathe through and pray that your pain is reduced. We're going to breathe through and pray that the last two rounds of chemotherapy find their target and destroy it. And then we're going to rejoice with you. And then another person in the which I didn't even know this. Another person that's been dealing with cancer in the group said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about to go in for my one-year checkup to hopefully I'll, I'll get a cancer-free. 
And I said, man, we're going to pray with you. We're going to join you in that. We're going to breathe through this. They say that sounds so new age. It's not new age. It's God. He is the, the breath, the spirit, the wind through us and in us if we just let him. We are nephesh. We are the being that prays, and that means that we breathe and pray and live. But what kind of living do you do? What kind of living are you having? Is it shallow? Is it short? Is it brief? Is it challenged? Or are you nephesh? Are you the being that prays? Are you the being that looks to God and and is still? I said it in the beginning. I'll say it again now. Before your body can be healed, before the provision comes, before every problem in your life is resolved, you have to believe that God will deliver you according to his word. And then what do you have to do? You have to walk in his rest. And in order to walk in his rest, in order to walk in his rest, you have to breathe. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Well, that's because it is. I hope this week you take some very, very deep breaths. Breathe in God. Breathe in Adonai Elohim. Breathe in the Holy Spirit. Breathe when you read your scripture. Don't be in a rush. Breathe when you pray. Don't be in a rush. And imagine that beautiful oxygen from the very breath of God into your lungs. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight.